You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Let's take time to get into the Word this morning. You should have your notes when you came. You can scan the QR code if you like, but either way, you can get the message that way. As you know, this summer, we've been on a series, The Upside Down Kingdom. We've been discovering that the way the world does things is quite different than the way God does things. It's inverted. It's opposite. It's upside down, counterculture, against the grain, always not, not often popular. But the upside down kingdom is the kingdom that we live in. We live in the kingdom of God. And Jesus gave a lot of time talking about the kingdom. He gave instructions how to live in the kingdom. He gave metaphors and parables, and he he showed us how to live in the kingdom. It's quite different. I think one of the reasons he used pictures is help us get our head around how we're to live in the kingdom. The whole reason he taught about it is because he wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to live the life that he has for us. And today, whether you know it or not, there is something big on the inside of you. Would you look at your neighbor and just say to them, there's something big on the inside of you. There really is. God's got an amazing purpose for your life. It's, it's huge. Maybe it won't be written about in the paper. You may never make, you know, national headlines about it. But there's something incredible that God has for you. So this morning we're going to talk about, well, how do we do that? How can I make my life count the most? How can I go big, go strong, build high with my life? Well, simply, you have to dig deep to build high. That's upside down because you'd think, well, let me just build quickly and it'll be out there. God's way is first to dig dig a deep foundation to go high. Across the street, we have a big construction uh, construction project, and there's another one down the block coming. And so we went across the street. I talked to Gino, who manages that site, and I said, can we go on site and just do an introduction for our message there? And Gino said, sure, come on. And so we went across. So we're going to go across the street here for a bit and show you what's happening there, and then we'll get into the message. Hey, folks. I'm standing across the street here at an amazing construction site. A lot of noise around us, a lot's happening here. And at this particular site, Holborn Holdings is going to be building a tower that's going to be 616 feet high. That's a tall building. It will be one of the tallest buildings in the city, and it's going to be a spectacular building. And it's going to take them about 3 million man-hours to complete this project. In order for that to happen, in order for this building to come out of the ground, they're going to have to dig really deep. And behind me here is the foundation being laid. They had to dig 90 feet down in order for this to happen. They removed 90,000 cubic yards of dirt and rock. About 20,000 of that was actually rock that they had to blast before they could truck it away. And that's a lot like building our lives. To build a foundation, it's a lot of hard work. And sometimes we've got to remove some stubborn habits and things before we can actually build on our lives. A number of years ago, a fellow came to me and he was interested in having a great marriage and a great family. And I asked him, I said, well, what work have you done to prepare for it? He'd done nothing really to prepare for his marriage. And so I said, do you want a shack for a family or do you want a high rise for a family? You want a high rise, you have to dig deep. Now when they're building here, not only are they removing a lot of things, they're putting a lot into it. There's going to be literally thousands, about 4,000 cubic yards of concrete that's going to go into here and a million pounds of steel just to hold everything together. It's hard work and it's messy work. If you look down on the site here, you'll see that there's a lot of concrete, a lot of dirt, and just a lot of 
not very glamorous. And when we lay the foundation for our life, it's not always so glamorous. People on the street, they don't see what's happening here. And when we're building the foundation for our lives, people often don't see it. Down below here, there's no pretty pictures, there's no nice granite, there's no pretty glass. That will all happen later. If we rush on the foundation part and we don't get it right, we don't get it straight, from there on, everything's out of place just a little bit. So this weekend, we're going to be talking about how to build a really good foundation. Dig deep to build high. Jesus taught us that if you want to build your life, don't build it on sand. Build it on the rock because the storms of life are going to come no matter what. So this weekend, let's talk about how to build our lives deep, strong, on the rock, the solid rock, God's foundation, so we have amazing lives, amazing marriages, amazing families, amazing businesses. But again, it all starts by digging deep so we can go high. All right, that's our introduction. So let's go to Luke chapter 6 and read what Jesus had to say about this. He's giving us some instruction how to build our lives. And he says here, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Question mark. He'd be asking us the same thing. Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, two things, hear and do, hear them and does them, I'll show you whom he's like. This is a metaphor. He's like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, not even shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing heard but didn't do anything, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. We want to be like the first guy who heard and did, built his house on a rock. As a result of it, he could withstand the storms of life. Following this 930 service, I was chatting with some folks outside, and they had one of their children in the hospital about a week ago, and uh, she was just saying, the mom was saying, I'm so grateful that I had God. I was so grateful that I had a church family. It was a really challenging week for us. I don't know where we would have been if we weren't anchored to a rock during that storm. They came through it. Everybody's okay. But it was a storm. It was a challenging, challenging week for them. And she just said, when we went to Children's Hospital, we saw other kids. How do you do it when you don't have a rock to be anchored to? That's, in a nutshell, this morning's message. I'm going to put up a picture. This is a very, very famous building that wasn't planted on a solid foundation. You'll recognize it as a Leaning Tower of Pisa. And no, not the Leaning Tower of Pizza, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And Pisa means marshy land. They built this tower and actually the whole complex on this marshy land. Foundation for that building is only 10 feet deep. It was built a long time ago, but as you can see, it stands 17 feet off plumb and it moves about 1 20th of an inch every year. They have done a lot of work over the years trying to keep this building standing straight. That is not how you want your life to look. You don't want to look that way. So that's not where we're going. We're going to talk about how to build our life strong, true, and lasting for a long time. So, from the parable of two foundations, there's some things we can learn. Number one, these are very simple. The Lord's metaphors were simple but powerful. One, we all will build a house. Whether you do it intentionally, whether you do it by default or however, we all will build a house. Your life is your house. And depending on what kind of foundation you lay down will depend on what kind of life you have. 
The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the house of the Holy Spirit. We build a life. We build a house. And God tells us here, here's the way to do it. There's a right way and a wrong way. This whole parable is about the foundation. There was two people, two men. They both had time because they both built. They both had knowledge about building because they both could build. And they both experienced storms. But the difference, the turning point of the story is the foundation, what they anchored to. In that little clip beforehand, I told you about this young man who came to me. He wanted me to marry him. And he said, would you marry me? I said, well, let's... uh," And we had met outside. We were going for a walk. And we happened to be walking just down the street here on Georgia. And as you know, beside the Shangri-La, there's an art gallery. Part of their community amenity was to provide an art gallery in the area. And right now, there's a piece of art where there's a bunch of people with their hands in the air. I think they're praising the Lord, but somebody else may have their own interpretation. And art is open to interpretation, so that's my interpretation. They're praising the Lord, saying, come to church. But I'm sure the artist didn't have that in mind. But back then, when I walked down the street, there I'll put a picture of it up. This is what we saw when we walked down the street. It was the Shangri-La. And beside it, this was art. These are some shacks that were replicated from the North Shore. This is the way people lived on the North Shore a number of years ago. They would build these shacks on the shore, and it was just some stilts quickly built. And that shack didn't take very long to build. But beside it, here's a Shangri-La. You see one of the foundational pillars going up there, and that's anchored into the bedrock next door to us. So we stood there at that point, and I said to him, you know, you want to get married. I have a question for you. Do you want a high-rise for life, or do you want a shack for life? Do you want a strong legacy for family, or do you want a shack? You have a choice to make. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, have you read any books on marriage? He goes, no. Now, guys, I don't know why we do this, but we can read a book on cars, we can read a book on computers, we can read a book, but really we need to read some books on marriage if we want to have a great marriage. He had read no books on marriage. I said, would you like to take a marriage course? He goes, when is it? I said, well, it's on a Wednesday night, there's what's involved and so forth. He goes, oh, I don't know, I got other things on Wednesday night. I said, okay. I, so I asked him more questions and I said, uh, where do you live? How long have you been dating? He said, well, I've been living with my girlfriend for quite a while. I said, now, again, now this might hurt a little bit, but I said, do you want to have a shack or a high-rise? Oh, I want the high-rise. I said, well, then you're going to have to move out from your girlfriend's apartment. I told this upside-down kingdom. It doesn't sound, it sounds very counterculture. He goes, what? Are you serious? I said, if you want to build your life on God's sayings, then you'll have to understand that sex is between a husband and a wife in the marriage bed. So if you want to build it right, that's where you're going to have to start. And it was like the rich young ruler. He said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And he walked away. It was a choice. I had a man come up to me yesterday after the service, and he said, oh. He said, that was my life. He says, I I, I didn't put any thought into it as a guy. I just got married. We lived together. We got married. It was just going to work. And he says, it didn't work. It worked for a few years, but then everything fell apart. So I'm starting over. But this time... I will lay my foundation according to God's ways. Do you want a shack? Do you want a high-rise? The same thing applies to anything in life. But the upside-down kingdom is about laying a deep foundation before we build what comes up great above the surface. That's why we have courses at church. We have a fall course guide. You can pick it up downstairs. But that's one of the reasons why we do 
the Alpha course. It lays a good foundation for your spiritual life. That's one of the reasons why we do a marriage course. We have a course coming up in September, The Battlefield of the Mind, which is a great course on teaches, again, foundational principles on how to renew your mind. Sometimes we come into life and we've lived, you know, all kinds of backgrounds. And then we come to God and God's, we, we anchor our life to God. And part of the process, sometimes you have to first take down some stuff before you can build. There's another construction site just over the corner here on Thurlow and Alberni. And every week we hear this. You don't hear it today. It's because it's Sunday. But every other day of the week you hear a jackhammer just pounding away. And you know what they're doing? They're ripping down that concrete structure. They're going to tear it down. Then they're going to dig the foundation. And then there will be another 400-foot tower over there. But first they've got to take down the old building. It would be really silly if they just came along and said, Yeah, we've got a parking lot here. Let's just put the building on top of it. You'd say, Are you nuts? Tear down that old building. Get a new foundation before you build. And same thing with our life. Sometimes we have to get rid of, Zig Ziglar would say, stinking thinking. We have to get rid of a, a, a system of beliefs that wasn't healthy and rebuild. That's what they're doing over there. Actually, across the street, there was a building here that stood empty for a long time. They tore it down and then built a foundation. Sometimes we need to do that, to build a healthy foundation to build our life on. Secondly, we learn from this parable that we all choose the foundation we want. That young man I talked to, he chose a foundation that he wanted. We can choose a foundation we want to lay for our lives. Again, you can have a shack or you can have a high-rise, depending on what you want. It's foundational. Jesus was saying here, in the kingdom, you'll have to choose what kind of foundation you want in order to build your life on it. But know this, in every one of us, there's a great calling, there's a great destiny, there's a great purpose. Psalm says, before you got out of bed this morning, before your feet hit the bed, God thought more thoughts about you than all the sand of the sea. About you. Now, your mom might not have thought about you. Your great aunt might not have thought about you. And your spouse may have even forgotten about you. But God was thinking about you. More thoughts than all the sands of the sea. The thoughts weren't bad. The thoughts were good. The thoughts were about your incredible, incredible future. God has such a passion for the greatness of your life. He loves you enough to say, first, we're going to lay foundation. And Again, I give you the choice. Here's the foundation that I'd like for you to choose. Take my sayings and do them. That's the way you need to build your foundation. Now, here's a couple points on how to build a strong foundation. Here's some things that it requires. One, you have to dig deep. We heard that already. And you have to find the bedrock. Across the street, they dug deep and they found bedrock. Actually, we heard them blasting with dynamite to get to 90 feet deep. They had a blast with dynamite to get to that bedrock. And even at that site, Gino, the construction foreman, was telling me there were some places where it was a little bit weak there, and they actually dug it deeper, laid concrete, some more concrete, just so they knew that they knew they had a really, really solid anchor for it. You see, we're anchored to something. We need to be anchored to Christ. He is the rock. He is the solid rock. He's the chief cornerstone, the Bible says. You've got to bolt into that. Across the street in a couple of weeks, they're going to do something called the big pour. They did the same thing for the Shangri-La. At that time, it was the biggest concrete pour in the history of Vancouver. And they're going to do it here in a couple of weeks. And it'll be on the weekend, and you'll see cement truck after cement truck after cement truck. Dozens of trucks will roll up, and they're going to pour a huge, big block of concrete at the bottom of that hole. And that becomes the cornerstone. That's where that building, everything gets anchored to that big block. Across the street, that's what holds up a 600-some-foot tower is this big block of concrete. That's what it gets 
gets bolted into. So when the storms come, earthquake comes, that building's not going to fall over. Our lives has to be anchored likewise into Christ. He is a chief cornerstone. Psalmist said that people will stumble over. Jesus said people will stumble over. People today stumble over Jesus. And so again, it's upside down kingdom. But if you want to have the life God has for us, he says, anchor your life into Christ. He said to Peter, Peter, you are the rock. On this, I will build my church. What did Peter have? Peter had a revelation. He said, you are the Christ. You are the son of God. And Jesus said, you got it. That's it. And on that revelation, I will build my church. On the revelation that Jesus is deity, that he is the son of God, that's where you can build your life. So that's the rock we anchor to. We dig deep, find that bedrock, and we anchor to it. Our church is anchored to something stronger than we are. Let me show you another picture. This is a picture of our church. Along the side of it, you'll see there these buttresses that are bolted against the side of the church. That is not decoration. They made it look pretty, but it's not decoration. Those seismic buttresses are bolted to the side of the church. Then under the floor here where you sit, you can't see it. You can't see foundation. It's usually hidden away. But underneath the foundation or in the floor here of the church are these steel beams. It forms an L. And so our building is anchored to that. There's other steel that was reinforced when we did our seismic upgrade. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Those seismic buttresses are then anchored to the building next door. We have an easement agreement with the Shangri-La. And those buttresses are connected to concrete that goes down about 80 feet. Before we did this, our building could not, and I, I hate to tell you this, but our building before we renovated it could not stand an earthquake over a Richter scale of three. It was, so it, it, a little bit of shaking and we would have been in trouble. And so we had to upgrade the building to code. So we did this seismic upgrade. And sometimes, now this building was built in 1918. A lot of life had passed by. And maybe you're here today thinking, a lot of life has passed by. I don't know if I can lay foundation. Yes, you can. Just get anchored to something stronger than you are. Get bolted on to Jesus, something stronger, and you can take something even like this. It's been around for a while, but it was renovated. It was restored. And the life of the building became new again, like a brand new building. It had hundreds of years ahead of it. And no matter where you are in life, you could be 15 or you could be 85, but get anchored to something stronger than you, get anchored to Christ, and you have a solid foundation for life, for the storms of life you can build on. The key is to follow the blueprint. When we were over there looking at this site that Holborn Holdings has across the street, they have a huge table about the length of our stage here, filled with blueprints, thick books, pages of it. And you know what they do? They go through every page. The guys that are watching it, okay, let's do it this way, do it that way. They're very pedantic. They're very picky. They follow it to the letter. And then they have inspectors that come along and check it. Did you do this right? Did you do that right? They follow the blueprint. And you know, God gave us a blueprint for life. They can't say over there, yeah, I like. The, I think we'll do the concrete this way, but the wiring, the electrical, we'll do it our way. We'll just wing the electrical, put something there, put something. No, they have, everything's got to be followed by code. And God didn't give us his ways, his sayings to be legalistic. He did it because he wanted us to have this amazing life to come up. But if we don't do the sayings, if we don't follow his blueprint, 
it won't turn out that way. Psalm 127, 1 says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. What does that mean? That means unless you follow the Lord's design. The building across the street, the architect is Arthur Erickson, a very famous architect. The architect for this building, the Shangri-La, is James Chang. You could say that's the building that James Chang built. For that new building coming up, you could say it's the building that Arthur Erickson built. But he didn't build it. But his design was there. You are the house that God built. When we take God's plans, his blueprint, his design, we become the house that God built. We followed his design. God has a better way. It's a theme for the whole year. He has a better way. And to go high, go deep. But we have to be obedient, willing and obedient. Isaiah 1.19 says, if you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. doesn't just say if you're obedient. You have to be willing and obedient. They work together. Roger Staubach won Super Bowl 1971. Huge victory. Uh, I like football. I don't know if you guys like football, but I like football. He won this Super Bowl. But Coach Landry did something different that year. What he was doing, he was calling all the shots from the sideline. And so he'd get the call, the play. He was told what to do. And he had no choice but to obey. Now, he's a quarterback. He's a leader. And he thought, no, I, I want to do this. And pride had settled in on Roger Staubach. He said, no, I should be calling the plays on the field. But Coach Landry said, no, trust me. Just do exactly what I say. Because he had a different vantage point than the quarterback did. And so he called the plays that went on to win the Super Bowl. And Roger Staubach said, it really came down to a thing of obedience. If I just trusted him, obeyed him, and did it willingly, we were winning. And that's kind of like Jesus. He just is there coaching us, helping us. He said, man, if, just follow me. Just follow me. We're going to win this. I'm there for you. I'm so glad I got Jesus in my life. There to help us, guide us, dig deep, to build high. Follow the blueprint. And uh, what else can we say? I'm digging foundation. Uh, thirdly, we have to be patient. It takes a while. That building across the street, going back to it as an example again, it will take 45 months to build a building above grade, 616 feet high. So we're going to be watching that construction until about September 2015. But before we see it come out of grade, before we see it come above the ground, at least 10 months they're going to be doing foundation. So about 22% of the time is foundation. The rest we see it coming up. And people will go by the building. Nobody goes by now and says, wow, what a beautiful building. That's so, wow, what great architecture. Nobody sees it. All you can see is just the shacks. But down below, a lot's happening. And sometimes in our life, you think, is anything happening in my life? I mean, I am working really hard at this, and I don't think people even notice the work that I'm putting into this. And we can't tell unless we could get into your heart and see it. We couldn't even see really what's going on next door until we took the camera and looked in. Oh, that's what's going on. There's people working down there. There's things that are happening. And there'll be times in your life, maybe you're one of the interns and you're doing internship. It says, man, it looks like you're going backwards in your career. Ever felt like you took a step for God? It looks like you're going backwards. God just got you in a slingshot. It's the slingshot effect. It looks like you're going backwards, but he's just going to... You're going to come blasting out of that with more strength and more power, accelerated. When you're building foundation, it may look like you're going backwards. Wednesday night, you could be going out with somebody else. Instead, you're doing a life group or going on an alpha course, or maybe you're taking one of these abundant life courses, or maybe you've decided to work with Pastor Dan, and for a year, you're going to do freedom sessions. 
man, you're doing what? Look, but what is it? That's foundation. And on that, man, when we did our freedom session graduation, people with all kinds of habits and hurts and hang-ups had gone through that, and then they got up and they shared, this is what happened to them. You know what they did? They took time, kind of like we did with our building. They renovated, got anchored to a foundation, and their lives took off. But for that year, it looks like not much was happening. But after that, it took off. Don't procrastinate going back and, and rebuilding on that. It's important. So be patient. Uh, expect messy working conditions. Did you see that little video across the street? Nobody's walking around in a tux down there. Nobody, no, no women in high heels. You got to wear steel-toed boots. It's dirty. It's muddy. It's dangerous. Hard hat. And you, it's messy. Foundational work is not so glamorous. And sometimes in that season of foundational work, it could be a month. It could be three months. Do you know the Apostle Paul lay foundation for three years. God radically saved him. He fell off his horse, the road to Damascus. You know the story. But he didn't go right away and start speaking. He spent three years on the backside of the desert in Arabia, learning, digging, laying the foundation. And when we hear people say, oh, man, I've got a ministry. I'm ready to go. And we're thinking, oh, you have no foundation. You will build a shack. It will fall down in the first storm. You haven't even taken a course. We have another course called, uh, it's a SALT course with the University, Hope University, uh, Bible Tools. What's it called again, Karen? Bible Study Methods and Tools. If you want to dig deep, one of the first things to do is understand your tools. How do I study the Bible? How do I learn it? How, what's the context of it? That would be one of the first things to do is study it. See, you can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. Folks, you can't have a solid, strong Christian life that builds a tower if we don't really study and do the sayings of Jesus. It's good to be here in church Sunday morning, but I got news for you. It's not enough. Because you can come here every Sunday, learn, clap, be involved, but you need to dig deeper. Life group. Alpha, take a course, study your devotions. Don't cheat on the foundation. Build deep, lay into it. You know, if a foundation isn't laid right, then later on when the building comes up, everything's a little bit crooked. Ever been in a house where the foundation wasn't right and you go to renovate and one wall, one end of the wall is 10 feet, the other end is nine foot and everything's not quite square and you know, oh, they didn't lay the foundation right. Take time, lay the foundation right, and you'll build high. Uh, number, number five, be alert, wear protective gear. I had to have a hard hat over there. We kind of talked about that already. We have to wear the armor of God in the kingdom. Number six, focus on vision. Remember the vision of the completed project. Remember what God's put in your heart to do. Now, this is really important. When they built the Shangri-La next door, went over here to the, where the liquor store is now. You know what they had there? They had a showroom. And you went into the showroom. They had this model of the Shangri-La Tower. It was like, you know, four feet high. And then there was our little church beside it, plugged in against it. And I would go by and look at that model. Oh, that's what it's going to look like. And there wasn't even a hole here yet. There was just a parking lot. And I'd go by, oh, that's what it's going to look like. And I would go by and see that. 
And when you're in the foundational phase of your life, sometimes it's just good to remember the big picture. Yes, this is what I'm called to do. This is my purpose. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, back to rebar, concrete, laying foundation, but this is what I'm going to do. When a, when a developer goes to City Hall and they show them what the building is going to look like, they don't show them the foundation. They don't show them a hole 90 feet deep with all the muck and mire. They, no, they show, ah, this is what it will look like. And in the, in the corporate show office or the room, they come in to show their customers or their, their contractors. They'll show, this is the building we're building. And it'll be all nice little cars around it and all the rest of it. It's vision. And likewise, when we're working on our foundation, sometimes you have to step back and remember, yes, this is what it will be. Put it on your fridge or write it on your heart or put it in your diary or something. But remember, because faith is connected to hope. That's your hope. That's your vision. That's a big part of digging foundation. Because there will be days in your foundational work, you'll go like, is this really going to count for anything? Is this really going to make a difference? Hang in there. It's going to make a big difference. And then number three, guess what? We all experience storms. You don't come to Christ. You don't become a Christian. The storms go away. Sometimes you have more storms in life. But one thing you will have is you'll be anchored to something. You'll be bolted to something stronger than you are. And as long as you're bolted to that, you're not going to fall over. Because that's not going to fall over. God's not going to fall over. Christ is not going to fall over. You're bolted to that. You're anchored to that. So you're going to withstand the storms. In this parable, they all experience a storm. Both of them. It's not a parable about the weather. It's not a parable about avoiding storms. It's not about, about finding a safe climate for your faith or your family. It's not about protected areas. There's no storm-free zones. It's about a foundation, putting your life in the right foundation. Look at John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you'll be unshakable. That's what God wants for us, to be unshakable. Are we going to have storms? Yes. But if we're anchored to him, we're not shakable. We're assured, deeply at peace. How can you be at peace when there's a storm? Because I'm anchored. This is going to blow over. One of my favorite sayings in the Bible, and it came to pass. It passed over. It blew over. I'm in a storm, but it's going to blow over. I'll stay standing. I didn't build on sand. I built on a rock. This too will pass. Sometimes we just need to hang in there a little bit longer. Continue to trust the foundation that you're planted in. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. You will continue to experience difficulties. But, I like that statement here, take heart, I've conquered the world. No matter why the storm comes, trust in your foundation. Sometimes storms come because of our disobedience. This was Jonah. He disobeyed. The storm came along. But even in that, Jonah comes back to God. He says in Jonah 2, 7, when I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. And if, even if you have a storm in your life because you messed up, turn back to your anchor. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. And, of course, we know the story of Jonah. He turned, came back to God, and he was a conqueror. Number two, sometimes storms come because of we've obeyed God. He said, really? Yeah. You know, they went across the Sea of Galilee, and, and Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. And when they went, a storm came up. Sometimes when you obey God, storms come up. Battles arise. You know, if you have an enemy who does not want you to obey God, and sometimes in those storms, you have to do what Jesus did. He spoke to the storm. He said, no, there is an authority in his voice. And he said to disciples, where's your faith? Stand up. 
And sometimes in, the, in our obedience, storms come up. He said, no, I will not quit. I'm not going to lie down. God's called me to do something. I will continue to believe, and I will continue to speak words of faith and affirmation. I will not quit. And then sometimes storms come up, and it's, it's, not, it's just life. It's, it's because of other situations. Paul was caught in a storm because he was on his way to Rome, and a storm came up. And angel appeared to him at night and said, you know what? It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And Paul endured that storm. It wasn't to do with him, but there was a storm that took place. Storms will come, but if we're anchored, we're going to make it through it. So lastly, most importantly, we have, all have a Savior who deeply cares for us. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, for no one can lay any other foundation than the one we already have, which is Jesus Christ. Romans, Paul writes, no, despite all these things. All the storms of life, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from his love. I'm anchored into his love, and nothing can separate me from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels can't, demons can't, our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we're high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing, all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're anchored in, our foundation is in something greater than us. There's a hymn, an old hymn, you might have remembered it or heard it, but it's good just to think back to these words. Written in 1882, it went like this. It's a question. Will your anchor hold in the storms of life when the clouds unfold their wings of strife? When the storm tides lift and the cable strayed, will your anchor drift or firm remain? It's a good question. What are you anchored to? Will it hold you in the storms of life? Then he goes on to say, we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Wow. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.